Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. There's no such thing as overanalyzing or reading too much into your favorite Bravo shows and Bravo liberties here. So join me, Bravo and Botox, as I find the depth amongst the shallow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bravo Papers, Bravo Weekly News. Today is, what day is it? It's Monday, July 31st. Is that? Yes, July 31st. Wow, I can't believe it's the end of July already. It's like summer is just flying by. I mean, maybe it doesn't seem like it because it's really hot. (laughs) I mean, it's not like any hotter here. You know, I'm in GTA Canada, which is the greater Toronto area of Canada. And I feel like it's kind of the same amount of hot as it usually is. There's a lot more rain But I know that in a lot of places there are insane heat waves, so feel for everyone sending my love. And I hope that, like I said last week, hopefully you are able to stay cool and that you have some good air conditioning. Otherwise, you may have to be like Ramona and call someone to bring it in. Okay, so before we get into today's episode... Please, as usual, rate, review, subscribe, all that beautiful stuff. Um, If you're listening, you can take a screenshot of the podcast, share it on your Instagram story. You know, you might feel like that doesn't really do anything, but it does. You know, even if you have like 100 followers or two or 300, which like most people have like 200 or whatever, something like that that's more people that get to see it. And that helps me to, you know, spread the word and grow the pod, which is what I'm trying to do. You can tag me at Bravo and Botox and at the Bravo papers so that they will go and check out my page. And I will also share it to my Instagram story. Please, if you know anyone, please tell them. I know I say this every week, but just do it. Please. It won't take long. And I know there's that people like they don't want to hear about some new form of entertainment. We're always recommending shows on Netflix and, you know, it's in one ear and out the other. But if you know someone who likes Bravo, a lot of us, you know, we love Bravo, but, you know, we kind of keep it on the DL or maybe some people are still embarrassed or think of it as like trash reality. So if you know someone who shares your love in it, secretly they probably want to obsess about it as much as you do and they probably can't get enough of it just like you so you may as well tell them um make sure you're following my podcast instagram at the bravo papers and my youtube channel youtube.com.com i don't know what that was sorry (laughs) slash at the bravo papers all right let's get into it so this has been a busy news week actually um i thought last week was busy this week is This week, the stories maybe are not as, I don't know, maybe they don't have as many moving parts to them, but there are a larger quantity of stories. So first things first, 
probably the biggest story of the week, in my opinion, which is NeNe Leakes and Carlos King interview. This is a big deal, a very big deal, because it's been a really long time since NeNe has said anything and has done an interview like this where she's going to, like, you know, go back to the past of RHOA, talk about things that happened, about, you know, her leaving, her relationships with cast members. So it is a big deal. Now, little teaser here. I am going to be doing a special bonus deep dive episode into this interview after the second part airs. So the second part airs this week, I think on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. But I am, I'm not going to disappoint you because, you know, you come here so that you're in the know. So here are some of the key points from the interview. Okay. And then I will comment and explore more of the intricacies and nuances of the interview and kind of discuss it when I do the bonus episode. So few things from part one that Nini said. So she she met, she says that she has met Drew. Um, and, you know, that's when she made the comment that they are sitting in the house I built and it seems like it's tumbling down. Okay. So <laughs> this was like a thing. Okay. Because then Sheree posted an Instagram story where, not an Instagram story, sorry, a tweet or an X or whatever the hell it's called now. I'm still calling it a tweet. I don't screw you, Elon. Okay, so Sheree said, our house, so caps on our, dot, 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 the beauty of an ensemble cast, hashtag RHOA. So obviously that was in response to Nini saying it was the house that she built. Um, now Sheree was getting absolutely destroyed in the comments for this tweet. I went through them and my God, people were not holding back, but you know, I mean, there is an argument to be made for Sheree's side. I am not really on that side, but I understand what she's saying. Of course, RHOA would not be what it is without it having the ensemble cast. Of course, they all worked like puzzle pieces together beautifully. However, Nini is still correct. The reason that Nini is still correct is because what she means by the house that I built is that this was not when Atlanta came out and hit the scene. It was not just like another housewives show. Okay, it was not just like another franchise. Okay, it it rocked the world of Housewives. And that was because of Nini. Yes, the show was good. Again, mostly because of Nini, who was the star, but also because of the ensemble cast, because they gave Nini people to play off of, of, of to go again, up against or whatever, all that kind of stuff. Right. So. Yes, I understand what Sheree is saying. However, Nini is why it was on the map. Okay. And Nini being like a crossover star in terms of stuff that she was doing, you know, I think the first place I ever saw Nini was on Fashion Police with Joan Rivers. And that actually made me want to watch Atlanta. 
otherwise, I hadn't like I wasn't really tuned in to Bravo stuff at all. So that does kind of tell you something, right? Like Needy brought people in. Everyone kind of, like I have friends who've never watched a Bravo show, don't watch Housewives, and they all know who Nene Leakes is. They don't know anyone else except Nene Leakes. So there it is. Um, do some of them maybe know other random people? Sometimes, but no. Anyway, so, you know, Sheree, it would have been better for her to just say nothing in this case, I think, because... Yeah, like I said, she's getting destroyed in the comments. And at the end of the day, Sheree has been back many times. And, you know, she hasn't been able to bring the show back to the level that it was at. And, you know, have you ever seen... Like, like Nini's face is everywhere on social media. That's the other thing. It's like, you can't get away from it. Every meme is her face because she just brought so much. And she just had that like indefinable quality. Sheree has entertaining things about her and so did the other cast members. But again, not to the same degree. Like we just have to be honest about that. And that's okay. It's okay for there to be a person who's a bigger star than the others. That is usually what happens actually. And not only was Nini just like a bigger star in the Atlanta show, she was a bigger star in the whole franchise of all the Housewives show shows. Sorry. She was the biggest star of all of them. She's more well-known than Teresa or Vicky. Like, name any of the other heavy hitters. Nini's the only one who's universal. That's just a fact. All right. So, other key points from the interview is that she said she said the direction of the show changed when Kenya joined, which that's fair. I agree with that. Now, I don't think that was a bad thing um, because those seasons were amazing. So anyways, but I, I don't know if maybe she's referring to like long term. She said that she made $10,000 on her first season, uh, $5,000 on the season one reunion, 50,000 on season two and season three, she made 100,000 or she, I, you know, she wasn't 100% sure, but the most was 150,000. Um, and then after that, it obviously kept going up and up. Um, producers asked Nini to introduce Cynthia, but she didn't think that Cynthia was housewife material, which I can kind of see why, because she doesn't like come off that way. Um, she talks about the the guy that she was dating and that he was legally married but was going through the uh, divorce. And she said she did not meet him before Greg passed. She said grieving is hard. She's thankful for him because he helped her to, like, keep busy. But they are currently on a break. Um, she says that she does think Kenya and Portia were great additions to the show. Um, and that, you know, Portia was going to be fired, which... You know, I'm when I the first time I watched Atlanta all the way through, I was actually surprised when they brought Portia back because I remember watching that first season and I didn't really know. Like I didn't again, I didn't look ahead or like Google spoilers or anything like that. And I remember thinking like, I just didn't feel like Portia fit in. She was like this, like trying to be this perfect 
little wife and she wouldn't go to the strip club and all that other stuff. I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. And Kenya was such a bombshell on that first season. So I just kind of felt like Kenya stole the show. And like, and Portia's first season, looking back, it was really good. But at the time, I can understand why she was on the chopping block. Um, But apparently Candy and Nini called and like begged production and really took up for Portia. And they were the reason that she got to stay on. Which is just makes me even more angry at Portia after what she did to Candy. All right. So she also said that she agrees season six is the best Atlanta cast from when she was on. She also said the show needs Kenya, um, but Kenya, I guess, isn't like the star, which I would agree with that. And I love Kenya, but Kenya is Kenya is like a good cog in the machine, but she's not like the main cog to me. I do kind of think that that's something Atlanta has been missing a little bit is like a main I think just because we were so used to it having the leading star as Nini for so long that since Nini's been gone, there hasn't been one. I know some people would argue Portia was or Portia tried to be, but I actually think Portia failed at it. She tried. And Portia is a great addition to the show. And Portia has a great presence. And she's like Kenya, a great cog. But to me, she still isn't like, I don't know. She's not the center. She just never gave that to me. So anyways, um, maybe that's why the show has struggled. Because even Candy, like, yeah, Candy's great. I love Candy. But again, none of those women, like, they're all good together with others. So I don't know, maybe RHOA does need a reboot. It's tough to say, but it's true. So last is that basically... Nini says that Cynthia was in an alliance with production to take her down. Wow, that's pretty shocking. I'm going to go into my reasons on the bonus episode, but I I can believe it. I really can. I, I do. And I've always thought there was a lot more to Cynthia than the kind of nice demeanor that she tries to put off to the audience for sure. All right, let's move along to the other big story that just broke yesterday, which is Real Housewives of Miami, Lisa Hotstein's, is it Stein or Steen? I think it's Stein. So Lisa's ex-husband separated, whatever he is. He's not an ex-husband. They're not divorced yet, but they're separated. Her estranged husband, I guess we can call him. Uh, Lenny is engaged to Katerina uh, Mazepa, Mazepa. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Oh, you know what? I this is how you pronounce it, mistress. That's who he's engaged to. Okay, her caption. So she posted it. It's beyond cheese. And it's like, it's vomit inducing. So just to warn you, you may want to just skip ahead five seconds. So she says, on top of an ancient pirate cave, overlooking the sunset over breathtaking a Vedra, he asked to steal me away forever. And then there's like a little pirate emoji thing. 
like, excuse me while I go barf. <laughs> it's just like, oh, God. And the pictures are just he's wearing these like ridiculous sneakers that like high school kids wear. And, you know, not that I care if like a woman is taller than a man because I don't think that needs to be a rule. But she's also just wearing like the biggest platform shoes of life. So she looks even more gigantic. And I don't know if she edited the pic or what, but she almost looks like she used like the stretch app to make herself look a bit longer. Like, I, I honestly go look at it. You can look her up and see it on her Instagram. Just be warned. It's vomit inducing. And just like the whole thing, you know, he asked to steal me away forever. Like, okay, first of all, you kind of stole him. So we can start with that. But whatever. Anyways, second of all, you think that he didn't play out this exact scene with Lisa, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. He's going to do the same thing to her. And I'm sure she she probably doesn't care. Like, I saw a funny tweet that was like, imagine Lenny Hotchstein being your dream man. Like, his bank account is her dream man. That's for sure. Um, do I think she's in love with him? No, I don't. Um, Talk to me in five years when you're divorced. Sorry, I just really couldn't help myself with that one. Okay, the other thing, the other audacity that we need to talk about with this is that he proposed yesterday, which was Lisa's birthday. Birthday? It's my birthday. My birthday. My actual birthday. My idea of what my birthday should be. For my f***ing birthday. Birthday party. It's my birthday. It's my f***ing birthday. Because I was born today. I mean, like, seriously, she was born, as Stasi would say. Stasi would be pissed about this. I bet you she is. It's just like, this man is going out of his way to dig at her, you know, like this was planned. This was on purpose, right? He knew that this would cut and he went for it with a dull knife. He's just trash, okay? On top of that, Lenny's mom has to chime in. And I'm sorry, me with my clips today. I just, these memes are popping in my head. I just, I can't help myself. Um, so Lenny's mom commented and my god so we know she was on uh lisa's side for i don't know like a hot minute and then i mean at the end of the day it's her son i get it but it doesn't mean that you have to make comments like this so this is what she said so she commented on the post and said i will be very happy that this time you are getting a woman who love and respect you you certainly did not have that in your previous marriage Good luck. Congratulations. Wow. Wow. That is rude. That is like, why don't, like, all you got to say is I'm so happy that you have a loving, wonderful woman and that you're happy. But it's like, you know, the other thing it does is it waters down the meaning behind this engagement. Because the engagement is no longer about two people who are happy and in love. The engagement is about sticking it to Lisa. 
him doing it on Lisa's birthday, his mom coming on and making this comment. Like, it's like, do you guys even love each other? Does your mom even, is your mom even happy for you? Or is it just everything we're going to do is for spite? Next, we're going to have a house for spite. And we're going to decorate it the way that Lisa doesn't like, take pictures and post those, and then make comments about how, oh, that new interior design is so much better than that old house with, you know, that that blonde woman decorated. Like, seriously. Then they're going to have babies, and they're going to name them names that they know Lisa hates. Something like that. It's like, it's kind of giving obsessed, and it's kind of pathetic. Like, it's like, you're the one who left her. Why are you so, I don't know. It's weird. It's very weird. Like, it's giving, like, like, I need, like, Mariah, cue Mariah Carey. Like, why are you so obsessed with me? Okay, guys, I need to stop for a second here to tell you about a new podcast that I am loving right now. Little Miss Recap with Amy Archer. If you love scripted TV as much as you love reality TV like I do, you're going to love Little Miss Recap. Amy covers so many great shows, including In Just Like That, The Bear, and also some of the documentaries that I might be watching and not telling people about, like Shiny Happy People, etc. And she's going to be covering the new season of Sister Wives. She even did a breakdown of the new trailer. It's so fun to listen to. Amy has like friends on and guest hosts every episode. So it's kind of like sitting in on a convo with your girlfriends about your favorite shows. And who doesn't want to do that? I am all in on hate watching and just like that. (laughs) And having Amy's recaps after I watch the episodes is very helpful in sorting out my feelings and reactions to this very odd show. So check it out wherever you get your podcasts. I definitely recommend. We also need a Bethany update here today. So thank you so much, everyone who sent comments about my bonus episode. I had so much fun recording it, uh, despite how my tone may have sounded. People sent me their thoughts and some comments. It was great to hear from everyone. And thank you so much if you did send one. I did have a couple people be like, I don't think that Jill Zarin's story was not adding up. It does add up. That is true. Her story does technically add up. Um, But what I will say is that it is a little strange that more that she changed kind of her spin of her feelings around it. That's what's changed more than once. Okay. So, yes, I do think that she was okay with them filming in some capacity. I... I still don't believe that she didn't know Bethany was miked. I really, that one I have trouble believing. I do believe that there may have been some miscommunication, but I could see Jill leaving things a little vague on purpose. And maybe them doing that too. So I don't know. Like I still do not think it is as big of a bombshell as Bethany and Jill made it out to be on their podcast interview. Um, But by no means am I trying to say like, oh, Jill is so evil that she lied about her husband's funeral. Like, no, she didn't. She was grieving. She was going through a hard time. She knew that the audience loved Bobby and that we all watched him. And she probably wanted this big thing to have a little bit of time on TV and 
It's a way for everyone to say goodbye to Bobby. And I bet you she felt a little bit of shame and guilt about that. Like, you know, I want the viewers to have their goodbye. I think it's important to show like just this little bit outside. But people are going to think that I'm like so fame hungry that, you know, I even I can't even have my husband's funeral be sacred. Like I could see her thinking that and thinking she would get judged for it, which, by the way, she's 100 percent right because people did judge. So I don't blame her for that. But I don't think it was like a malicious, like Jill cares more about fame than Bobby. Like, no, absolutely not. So on that note, um, Bethany did a video where she has kind of updated us on her thoughts since the Jill interview. I mean, what doesn't she update us her thoughts about? I mean, I'm surprised she doesn't describe her bowel movements at this point. But she did a video saying that the interview, that the purpose of the interview with Jill was not for them to become best friends again. She said, you know, we cleared everything, but says that she's been a wreck, she being Bethany, all weekend from the podcast interview with Jill because basically she doesn't want to open the door to like being best friends again with Jill. But she also said, I don't want to also be ratted out to the press and be in stupid cheesy magazine headlines, etc. Okay. So first of all, that's already happening, Bethany, because you do that to yourself. Like I saw a headline about you looking psychotic, eating seafood in your hotel room. So that ship has sailed the, the dumb headlines. But on another note, is she saying that Jill would rat her out? <laughs> Is that what she's saying? Like she has, she builds this little bit of trust with Jill. Has Jill on. And then now she's like throwing her under the bus. She's like, if I become friends with Jill, she's going to rat me out to the press whenever I do stuff with her. And I'm going to be in all these lame, you know, headlines. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Okay. And then she says, okay, we saw each other on the plane that time. Jill asked her to go to something, like some event, and that she didn't want to go. So she's like, that's what I didn't want to happen. Right? Like, I don't, I don't want to be seen at events, like hawking gift bags. That's what she said. <laughs> like, she's so, like, that is so rude. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Carol when everybody went in on was saying like Carol and Tinsley became such good friends. And then Carol was like, oh, I like her, but like, we're not like that good friends or whatever. Like, that's what it reminds me of. It's like Jill was like, oh, OK, we're rebuilding. And Bethany was like, no, I just used you. Sorry about that. And also everything you do is cheesy and lame and you are a fame hungry, thirsty ex-housewife. That's basically what Be Bethany's saying. Not in so many words, but that's what she's saying. I'm sorry. That's true. If I was Jill, I'd be annoyed. Also, okay, a little update on the union thing. I stand by all my thoughts on that, especially given these new updates. So Bethany has hired high-priced, high-powered attorneys in a fight for reality TV star protections and says this is going to be war. Okay, that's great, but who are they representing? That's what I want to know. Are they just going to walk into NBC Universal 
who, by the way, have way bigger, way more important, higher priced attorneys. I'm just just to put that out there anyways. So she's going to walk in with these attorneys that represent no one who is currently employed by this company to negotiate what contract. All the stars and shows have different contracts that are happening at different times. Is anybody who is currently working for Bravo or any of these networks actually and is actually currently renegotiating a contract? Are any of those people currently agreeing to go with Bethany on this? Because if they're not, you can hire 9,000 high-priced lawyers and it's meaningless. She didn't, like, unless there's something I'm missing, what, tell me what they can do. What, this is giving, like, emperor's new clothes. Like, I feel like I'm crazy. Like, I feel like everyone is acting like Bethany is wearing clothes, but she's walking around naked. Like, nothing makes sense. But then there's all these people online that are like, yes, yes, because all they see is Bethany supports unions. So and all their hearts are in the right place because like I am 100% pro union. So I'm down with that, too. But she's not actually like in this specific case. She's not actually doing anything. And this is how you really know it's gone to shit. Lisa Rinna has joined in. So Rinna has joined in on the convo, proving, like I said, how unserious this is. She posts on her uh, Instagram, you know, how she loves to make those story, create, post, whatever. (laughs) So she posts her own little message. Hang on a sec. I'm going to find it because I saved it. Okay, so this is what she wrote. Every at SAG slash AFTRA member who is on a Bravo show should boycott BravoCon. You want them to start to take you seriously and pay you the money you deserve? Question mark. Then start a reality show union per Bethany. Time is now. So, okay, a few things about this. First of all, Lisa... It's very easy to boycott something that you weren't invited to. So Lisa's like, show them, you know, own it. But like she wasn't invited. So it's okay. Anyways, (laughs) so easy for you to say. There's no paycheck happening for you. You're not currently on the show. But anyways, okay, so boycott BravoCon. Let's let's go to that. Let's go to her calling for others who are actually employed, which is what she's talking about, to be fair. But you want them to take you seriously. Who are you talking to specifically? So just putting this out on a create mode Instagram story out into the socials, that no one is going to take you seriously. If you were actually contacting Kyle and all the people that you're friends with that currently work for Bravo and actually trying to get them to, you know, join together and boycott the event, etc., then yeah, I, that is what would need to happen. And guess what? That happens off of social media, behind closed doors. And then once you have it worked out, then you can do a press release. And then the other thing that she says is start a reality show union per Bethany. Okay, well, Lisa, Bethany hasn't actually started a union. 
All she's done is do a bunch of press interviews that make her look like everyone's savior and like she's the savior of the little poor pathetic people. And that's it. She hasn't done anything yet. So like there's no example yet to follow. We need to actually see some progress. And Bethany doing interviews to E.T. is that's not progress in the real world. Okay, not in like fantasy land that these two seem to live in. Okay, so then Lisa Rinna posts, reposts an article about herself as as she would that says Lisa Rinna wants reality TV stars to boycott BravoCon. Okay, and then she adds in like this little, types in this little caption for it. And she says, I mean, if we're being real here, are we, Lisa? Shouldn't all the woke Bravo stands boycott BravoCon. Oh, okay, I get it now. This is because she's still mad that everyone gave her the finger last year. And she's still mad that she lost her job because everybody could tell that she's racist and annoying and that she makes shit up, etc. So this is really about her getting back at what she sees as quote unquote woke culture. Okay, I get it. So just like Bethany, she doesn't give a shit about unions or about helping anyone or about helping her former co-stars. She only gives a shit about herself. Another person who is trying to feed their own ego and get revenge. Anyways, sorry. Then she says they love flexing how how progressive they are by calling everybody racist and campaigning for reality stars to be fired. (laughs) Okay. Oh, Lisa, why don't you at least try to hide your malintent? Just try, I beg you. Well, there's nothing more left wing than workers' rights and unions. I hope all the passionate left-leaning Bravo fans can sit BravoCon out this year to flex their progressive credentials. Okay, so if you go to BravoCon, just so you know, you are a right-wing extremist. And you hate every social movement and you're sexist and racist and homophobic, according to Lisa Rinna. (sighs) Okay. Um, We need real action, not just tweeting that everybody is a racist for not liking Garcelle's outfit. Power to the people. And then she's like, and then she writes, bam. Like, Oh, my God, it's really embarrassing. Like, she really thought she did something and she actually just made herself look even uh, like worse and just dumb. And then why she cannot like I wrote this on my Instagram story, but she cannot keep Garcelle's name out of her mouth. Like, she really can't. She cannot help but, number one, talk about basically bring up again that she believes she was fired and it's all of our fault and not her own fault because she played the game completely wrong last season and she screwed it up. She's been pretty good at playing the game on Beverly Hills for a few years. The last couple of years, like she lost her finesse and, you know, she fucked up. That's it. Like, just own it, as you like to say. She can't own it and she can't accept the fact that she played a game of chess with Kathy Hilton and Kathy Hilton won. So... That's that's really what happened. It wasn't a it wasn't about like woke anything. (laughs) 
Anyways, and then the whole Garcelle thing. Why are you like, sorry, back to that. Why are you even bringing it up? What does Garcelle have to do with this? Like it's giving, it's really giving racist, Rena. Like it's like, oh, if anyone, all of you people who have tried to say that there's racism that um, Garcelle's dealt with, you know, that's just shallow crap and that's not real. Like that's what she's saying. And we all, like, honestly, we all know that that is Rinna's problem, right? I 100% believe, like, when Garcelle brought that accusation up that that Lisa was like, oh, I don't want to talk about race on the show or whatever. 100% Lisa Rinna said that. Like, 100%. And to me, that what she just wrote here, that just proved it even more. So, bye, Rinna. We don't miss you. Okay, so... A lot. Like, this is what Bethany's doing to us. Anyways, let's talk about Vanderpump Rules. There's been a lot of news about filming, uh, but some updates. Sheena admitted that they did some group therapy thing, I guess, when they were in Lake Tahoe, and that she ended up getting partnered up with Sandoval, and it was very uncomfortable. Lala then you know, did like a live thing and she responded and she was like, oh my God, Sheena, why did you share that? You're going to get in so much trouble because I guess like she's giving away too much. I think I have a little theory on why Sheena would do that despite getting in trouble because she's trying to get ahead of the narrative because she knows the audience is going to be after her for probably spending this time with him, etc. So you know, if she kind of gets ahead of it and says how she felt so uncomfortable and blah, 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 you know, it'll maybe maybe people will go easier on her once the season airs. Just a theory. Um, Lala also shared a pick after the Lake Tahoe trip. It was kind of like a group pick. Uh, Sandoval wasn't in it. But anyways, it said basically in the caption that she never thought she'd say this, but she can't wait to get back to L.A. for some zen. So I guess that's her way of saying the therapy zen thing was not working and that the trip was not zen. So, you know, we look forward to seeing how not zen it was. Thank you, Lala. Um, word on the street as well is that and again, this is seriously just word on the street. Like, there is no evidence or proof to back this up. But I like to bring you gossip, not just actual factual news. <laughs> so word on the street is that he, he, and by he, I mean Sandoval, he's infiltrating the group again. <laughs> it's, it's like he's COVID. Like, he's people are getting infected and they don't have a vaccine yet. Okay, so he's infiltrating the group and some people are being more forgiving than they said they would be. Again, this is not confirmed. I can kind of believe this. I don't know who yet, but actually, I know one. Obviously, Schwartz. Obvi. That is not even debatable and not surprising or newsworthy. But I do think Brock. I could see that Brock would be like bending. I could see it. Definitely. Um, also word on the street is that some people are turning on Ariana because there's some jealousy with all the attention that she's gotten from this. And people maybe feel like it's a little unfair that she's gotten like such support. Now, we did see, you know, Lala talk about 
how her and Stasi did not, or her and Stasi talked about this on Stasi's podcast, how they did not get the same level of sympathy from the audience. Now, they said because they come off a lot stronger than Ariana. I think that's part of it. Yes, because they do. I also, though, think there's another big reason that they're kind of choosing to ignore. The other big reason is that when this happened to Stasi, the show was relatively new. We were, what, three seasons in, two seasons in when the whole, like, Jack sleeping with Kristen thing happened. So, yeah, we didn't, we weren't as attached and involved with the characters. Like, yeah, we were into it. Don't get me wrong. But... And people really discount that. Like, the length of time that you watch a show, you do become, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, you do become attached, involved, etc. with these people. If you watch one season of something, you're not going to have those strong, in-depth feelings. So I do think that watching their relationship, Ariana and Tom, from beginning to end was like a full circle moment. Whereas... Stasi was already with Jax. You know, their relationship didn't even really seem that serious because of the way that he was just acting like such a fool. And again, we didn't like know them that well yet. And Stasi was also the villain of the show at the beginning. And then Lala, like, you can't really compare the situations. Like, number one, we barely saw Rand on camera. Like he was he was non-existent for the first few seasons of her on the show and then when he did come in he was just like this like silly extra that like played pickleball and like joked around with Schwartz sometimes like he wasn't he was like a non-starter kind of character so like we didn't have that insight into their relationship we didn't have any attachment to them as a couple and on top of that like no one really believed it was like that authentic of a relationship if I'm gonna be honest because a lot of people saw how it started with the Range Rover thing. And like, it just, it wasn't taken as seriously. So like, we can't ignore the nuances of these relationships and the differences because they matter in the in terms of how the audience reacted. So anyways, I think that that's why the audience had more, you know, had more of an kind of attachment to this story and more sympathy for Ariana. Because I personally, and I said this, you know, I, I did like a an episode with Emily from She Speaks Bravo. It was, I think it was um, a Patreon episode, but we talked about this and I said that, you know, I was never really a big Ariana fan. And I'll admit that, like, she's always been my least favorite of the women. Like, yeah, I, there are men I dislike way more on the show, obviously, but like I was never just like and it wasn't like I hated her or anything like that. I just never I don't know. She just kind of seemed like blah to me. Like I kind of saw where Sheena was coming from, like in like season four or whatever, when she called her grumpy cat, you know, and then I gave her. But then I gave her a lot of lenience because I know like she's she has serious depression. And and I thought, OK, she's been struggling with this behind the scenes and on camera and, you know, I don't think she's a bad person or anything. I do, you know, and I also thought, okay, she's in a shit relationship as well. So she's probably not getting to be her full self. But, like, it's not like she was, like, one of my favorite characters or anything like that. I, You know, 
I'm very curious to see who she is without Tom because I think she could be a really likable character. I don't think that she's gotten like the full chance because I think she's always been in Sandoval's shadow. So she made it clear she will not film and or see him. And it seems like Katie has stuck by her side as my queen Katie would. Um, and the group was being filmed, uh, I think it was yesterday night, with both, and by yesterday I mean Saturday because I'm recording this on Sunday, with both Ariana and Tom in attendance but not interacting. So they had the Lake Tahoe trip. Katie stayed back with Ariana. And then there was like some group event at, I don't know, a restaurant or somewhere like that. And yeah, there's like a little somebody filmed it. And it's like Tom like turning around to realize Ariana's like in the vicinity. And he looks, but then he just turns back to whoever he was talking to. Again, this is what I thought would happen the whole time. Like they're going to film again. They're going to be at a group event. They're just going to have to avoid each other. And... The fact that Raquel is not there makes this possible. I do think if Raquel was there, it might be too much. But anyways, we'll see. Um, In other news, Sheena and Lala were filming with Jax, Brittany, and Kristen because apparently there's they're filming their spinoff. And I'm not sure if they're going to do like a crossover thing or what. But anyways, so just heads up. Look for that. Sheena and Lala, they had like a... You know, they were out with Jax, Brittany, and Kristen at somebody's house, I think, and they got tattoos. Um, Lala got a little O on her hand for Ocean, and Sheena got Summer written in script on her arm, which they're cute. Um, Also, it seems like Tom Sandoval has a new girlfriend. Does anyone care? I don't know, but I'm going to talk about it anyways. Her name is, I'm going by her Instagram name, Kate Grant. And allegedly, I don't know if she's actually his girlfriend, but I I think she is. In my opinion. So they had a party. So Tom Sandoval had a party at the house that he still co-owns with Ariana, which they really need to deal with that. He had a party and it was just so cringe. Like there were some videos on social media and it was like this 40-year-old guy partying with a bunch of people that look way younger than him. It's like... It's giving like the old man who's still like trying to hang out with high school kids and it's like getting a little weird. Like that's what it was. Yeah. So we had that party. She was there. Lots of other young looking girls were there. Like somebody needs to card them and see if they're of age. And, you know, there's lots of social media. This girl was there and, you know, there's a bunch of like Instagram stories. People on Reddit have, you know, taken screenshots, etc. Those amazing Reddit sleuths, Reddit sleuths, sorry, did a good job. Um, and, you know, like there's like him commenting like fire emojis on her pictures and liking them and stuff like that. So, yeah, seems like that could be the next girlfriend. She's blonde, by the way. Um, and she's blonde and she looks young. I don't know what else to say. Like, if I had to guess, I would guess she's like 20, 21. She could be older. I'm just guessing purely on pictures. And again, they could be edited. So who knows? Um, but then Ariana also had her friends over at the, the house that they still share. And James Kennedy was there. So she posted that like the next day or a couple days later, maybe trying to be like, Screw you, dude. I'm having my people over, too, if you're going to do it. So, good. There has been some, also, delays in something about her opening 
um, due to apparently like some sort of code violation. So I saw this on uh, She Speaks Bravo's Instagram. So shout out to Emily Hanks. And she was saying that apparently she lives in L.A., So she was saying that apparently in L.A. it is like a nightmare with these code violations because like depending on what inspector is coming in, they all have like different rules that they play by and like there's no consistency. So it's really hard and it's, you know, it's not easy to just have the permits and open up. You have to jump through a lot of hoops. So, however, it seems like fans are kind of turning on Ariana and being like, well, you said it was going to be open in May and like, whatever. Anyways, you know, like misogyny is a hell of a thing. Even with everything, like people are, people are like done giving any sympathy to uh, the woman. And they're just like, they just can't wait to start hating her again. Cause that's just how it goes. Okay. So Let's talk about the Real Housewives of Orange County, because apparently a wasted Shannon Bedore was kicked out of a bar after screaming at her ex, John Jansen's daughter. So she was screaming at his daughter. But okay, so social media sleuths, as they do, found the picture that she posted from that night with John. Where it says, like, we what a great night. So people are like, (laughs) Which is it? <laughs> um, I mean, I could see Shannon screaming at someone and then also having a great night. Like, that's kind of Shannon-ish. So, you know, it's not that confusing if you think back at who Shannon is. But on in other news, Tamara says that Jen, the new Jen, I can't remember her last name right now, I'm sorry, stayed on the show because of her relationship with Ryan. Basically, Basically, what she's saying is that if her and Ryan had broken up, Jen wouldn't have been able to maintain her spot as a full-time housewife on RHOC. So she stayed with him to, you know, to keep her spot. This doesn't, I mean, that, it could be true. Who knows? Or it could just be Tamara, you know, making headlines, stirring up mess, because that's what Tamara loves doing. I don't know. But I think Jen would have still made it on. Like, she has a, like, she had an affair. She had, like, that scene with her husband or ex-husband, like, on film of him, like, apologizing to her. Like, she's, she came in, like, guns blazing with this kind of personal storyline, even if she wasn't still with Ryan. I mean, it's better that she's with him. Yes, I will say that. There's more drama. But I, they could have, even if she was broken up with him, a lot of the fights that they've had so far this season, they could have still had. They could have still thought about like who he hit on and if he wanted to sleep with Tamara or not and blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, just say she did just break up with him doesn't mean she's over him. So I don't know. It seems like maybe a little bit of reaching from Tamara in terms of reaching for headlines. Um, Heather Dubrow, on the other hand, has bought a $16 million mansion in Beverly Hills to renovate. So she posted it, which a lot of people criticized because they said it was tone deaf considering how people are struggling with money which like that's what housewives do they're tone deaf I think that was the original premise of the show (laughs) um but at the same time us being able to criticize them and and go in on them is also part of the show so anyways it's just another day in bravo land so she was asked since you bought this beverly hills house 
do you think you'd ever be willing to be on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? And she was like, never say never. So I think Heather is over the OC girls. And I think she's angling to pull a Taylor. I mean, Taylor does make more sense on OC. And I guess Heather in some ways makes more sense on Beverly Hills. I still don't want Heather on Beverly Hills. Because Heather on Beverly Hills would would not be good. Because Beverly Hills has too many secret keepers, too many, like, you know, backdoor, behind-the-scenes manipulation, corruption, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, they play it very, you know, backdoor, secretive. That's the way they play the game over there. And that's what Heather loves, which is probably why she wants to go over there, which I get. But there'll be no one to push her out of her comfort zone. Whereas here in OC, she's getting pushed left, right, and center. Because she's got, you know, Tamra and others who are willing to do it. So I don't know. To me, it would make, it wouldn't necessarily make Heather better. She'd be the same, if not more boring. And it wouldn't bring anything to Beverly Hills. Like her archetypal character is not needed in that ensemble in order for that ensemble to function. It is needed on OC though. We do, you know, she brings that sort of like, you know, lifestyle porn. She brings that like a a kind of a different kind of girl in the ensemble. Like it works as much as maybe she doesn't like it all the time. It works. All right, we're going to go on to some sad, sadder news, which is that uh, Giselle Bryant from Real Housewives of Potomac, her father passed away, which is really sad. And, you know, she did kind of like this beautiful um, tribute to him on social media. And then the girls from Potomac, um, you know, they took her out. And her, sorry, her father's name is Curtis Graves. So he died at age um, 84. So rest in peace, Curtis Graves. And the girls took her out to kind of lift her spirits. And, you know, they they filmed a little video at her restaurant. Charisse was there. No Karen. It doesn't mean that Karen, like, I, you know, I don't want to jump to the like, oh, Karen wasn't there. Like, who knows? Maybe she had a prior engagement or she was sick or we don't know. Um, I'm sure Karen was supportive too. I know those two have always been like frenemies and they've had their issues, but I think they're there for each other when real stuff like this happens. Um, and by the way, I wanted to kind of update because I know I mentioned last week about Sharice having uh, lunch with Chris Samuels that she is confirmed friend of on the next season. So please give us inside info about that divorce, Sharice, because otherwise, what are you doing on the show? All right. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, one more thing. Kyle Richards, our favorite infuriating housewife, um, was seen shopping with her friend, I guess is what we'll say for now, Morgan Wade in Aspen. And they're in a store, of course, a store that sells cowboy hats and there's cowboy hats everywhere. It's just Kyle's always on brand. Um, This is weird to me. I feel like Kyle, like she knew that this would happen. 
like people on Instagram had already hunted down. Actually, it was at Face Reality 16 specifically had already hunted down that Kyle was going to be like going to uh, Aspen when Morgan Wade was performing, I believe. And then she goes out shopping with her and like, oh, oh, they're wearing sunglasses like that's supposed to hide them. Everyone gets like clear as day pictures, like basically close up. And then it's in the press. I don't know. To me, this feels a little set up. I don't know. I feel like Kyle did this on purpose. I think maybe she's enjoying some of the, not all of the attention, but some of it. Maybe she's enjoying making people question, you know, jamming up the ratings for the next season, even though it hasn't even started. But, but you know, a lot of the ratings, it does start preseason, right? You get the buzz going. So more on that. Um, Quick note on Summer House Martha's Vineyard, which is if you did watch that, You'll know who Silas is. If you did not, you need to go and watch it right now because it was amazing. Um, So Silas will not be returning to Martha's Vineyard next season because he's overseas. He's been deployed. So not because I mean, that's the reason as far as I know. But Jasmine will be filming without him. Um, I don't have this 100 percent confirmed, but it's pretty much confirmed. And that'll be interesting. Interesting to see Jasmine without her husband, because that was like took over her whole summer and storyline. So I'll be interested to see what goes on when he's away. <laughs> when Silas is away, Jasmine will play, I guess. Um, we'll see. In Real Housewives of Atlanta news, they are filming the reunion. The dresses have been all over social media. It's kind of giving, like, I love the color scheme because it's kind of giving, like, the Little Mermaid. Like, it's got these beautiful, like, blues and aquas and greens and whatever. Um, The individual dresses, I don't love all of them. I actually really liked Kenya's. I know, like, some people didn't love it, but I thought Kenya's was really nice. Um, Yeah, I thought they looked good overall. Like, I love when they do a theme, and Atlanta always is great about themes, I really wish Beverly Hills would start doing that because they always just look like the most random hot mess. Um, Sometimes they have individual looks that work, but not consistently enough. So I hope they go back to themes. Anyways, so Andy, though, put up a video from the reunion, like an Instagram story, as he does. And he said there's a receipt at this Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion that is the shadiest in the history of housewives. Okay, my guess is that it's something to do with the night of Bolo and that maybe there's like an actual footage or text or something that confirms Something that happened that night that we don't know about or that someone's been denying. That's all I can think of. I don't know. Or it's something that is not on any of our radars at all and will truly be shocking, which would be a nice surprise. But we know how Andy often disappoints us when he does these little teaser things. Um, last on the Atlanta news, Mark Daly, Kenya's terrible ex-husband, is asking Kenya to sign like some kind of release form because he is filming a reality show. Okay, so this man who (laughs) 
has been putting Kenya through all these hoops about her having Brooklyn on the show and filming and, and you know, trying to, like, use Marlo banging on the door as, like, a reason to say, like, oh, Kenya's putting our daughter in the middle of drama, which is so stupid. Um, now he, the tables have turned, my friend, and he wants her to sign something. Okay, good luck with that. She might sign it, possibly, but it would only be so that she could keep having Brooklyn on Atlanta. So I guess we'll see. Okay, on a somewhat similar note, I guess, but not because she was on Atlanta, Kim Zolciak. We haven't had some updates on her in a while. Um, We know that allegedly her and Croy are back together working things out, whatever that means. Um, that doesn't mean that their money problems are magically gone because Kim has been selling off her daughter's designer items online. Like the video I saw was a Chanel bag that she was asking like $5,500 for. So yeah, it seems like there's some desperation for money. And then she also had this like clickbait story where she had like turned off her comments and all that. And and been like, oh, you know, I address the rumors of Brielle being pregnant. And it was like, what? <laughs> like, what? It was very jarring. It's like, okay, so your daughter might be pregnant? Like, what? <laughs> anyway, so, and then it was like, click link. So, like, wow. There is no, like, there is no level that Kim Zolciak will not stoop to. There is no level of lowness that she will stoop to for clicks and money. And and I do think it could be out of desperation. Um, and also just Kim. Um, there is a Dumois blind as well that says that Kim is still seeing the quote unquote mystery man that she was maybe allegedly having an affair with. Again, it's just a blind. There's no confirmation or facts behind it, but I just wanted to share it so that we will keep our eye on it. Um, meanwhile, in New Jersey land, we do have a story. We haven't had New Jersey, consistent New Jersey news in a little while. It's been nice. Um, but Joe Gorga's ex-contractor is suing him for $110,000. So he is saying that Joe Gorga owes him $110,000 for materials that Joe used in his new home that he got from him. And was supposed to pay him for. So this, the reason that now, you know, you might be like, well, I've heard this story like a thousand times. We all have. But what makes this one different is that he has hired a quote unquote powerhouse attorney from New York who specializes in lawsuits around construction. And apparently this man is like a shark. And... The contractor wants a jury trial. He wants his money back. And if Joe loses, he'll also have to cover attorney fees, which will be huge. So Joe Gorga has also hired an attorney. So I guess he's, you know, not just like running into his room, putting the blanket on his head like he usually does. Um, And yeah, if he loses this, he could be in trouble. So one thing I will say is that I wonder 
that if because of all the stories that have come out about Joe not paying people and then it's like years later and then it's hard to, you know, it's hard to like be litigious maybe years later or have a a case or still have all, you know, facts and stuff. I wonder if this person just is just going full throttle with this lawyer right away because they know if I wait, Right. Like the house just got finished in the last year. If I wait, I'm never getting this money. Now, I will say there was a comment on the post that I just want to read it because I get so many DMs like this from people who live in New Jersey, that it's like a known thing that Joe doesn't pay people and all this stuff and that it never gets talked about. So somebody commented In the building world in New Jersey, everyone knows Gorga doesn't pay. He screws over a lot of smaller businesses. My husband does a lot of work in the same area. Gorga's reputation is known. I'm happy someone is fighting back. As a business owner, I don't respect people nor longer do business with them for this kind of sketchy behavior. I bet he doesn't have 110,000 cash to pay up. I mean... Yes, I could. You could say like that's just a random commenter. They can say anything. Of course, it's just a random person. But I will say, I've gotten more DMs from people in New Jersey about along that same topic lines than almost anything else. <laughs> Every time a season of Jersey's on. Um, by the way, they are going to be filming New Jersey. At the end of August, they're starting filming at Jersey Shore. Like, God help us all. (sighs) They really couldn't give us what we wanted. I get it. The ratings were good. So they're like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Kind of like Joe Gorga. Um, All right. Let's talk last but not least is Summer House, the original Summer House. Um, Lindsay and Carl are filming. Which I was surprised. (laughs) I really, I am as surprised about Lindsay and Carl filming as I was that they made no changes to the New Jersey cast and that they're filming at the Jersey Shore in summer. Like it really felt like next year was going to be like the change year, but apparently it's not. So Lindsay is even seen in like a TikTok that they meet that they made dancing with Craig of all people. So I don't know. Maybe, you know, they brought in an exorcist and there was some miracle. I have no idea. But it is hard to believe that (laughs) that this happened (laughs) and that they're filming. But I guess that remains to be seen. All right. So that's the end of our news for today. So please stay tuned for my next couple bonus episodes and I guarantee you that they will be worth it. I can't wait to dig deeper into the Nini Carlos interview and I cannot wait to see the sec or hear the second half because I'm sure it's going to be juicy because the first half was pretty juicy too. Um, And I would assume he saved more for the second half. On top of that, um, I am also working away at my Beverly Hills Richard Sisters deep dive And that will be coming out later in August. It may have to be a, it's probably going to have to be a two-parter, maybe even three-parter, because my God, the Richard sisters are just like a goldmine of drama and juiciness. 
So stay tuned for that as well. I've got a lot of good stuff coming. Continue spreading the word and you are now in the know for everything Bravo. See you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Bravo and Botox. And if you'd like to support me and the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. You can also visit buymeacoffee.com slash Bravo and Botox to send your love through some much needed caffeine. Until next time and our next Bravo paper. Bye.